Hi, I'm Charles Morris, and I'm very thankful for the nearly 90-year legacy that we have here at Haven today. Even during the Great Depression, when we began in 1934, we pointed to the great story that was all about Jesus. And thanks to you, we're still doing that today. It's a friend like you who supports what we do. So, as our fiscal year end is tomorrow, gulp, we still need to raise a lot of money to meet our budget. Would you please pray about how much you can send? If we've been a blessing to you, would you consider being a blessing to us? We have a $100,000 challenge match, and I'll give you our contact information in just a moment. But now, let's start today's program. It's getting worse. Wildfires in Canada have been burning for several weeks. They're not showing signs of slowing down anytime soon. The smoke is continuing to spread. It was hitting Northeast America hard, now impacting the Midwest. Officials are estimating that there are over 500 wildfires in Canada, more than half of them out of control. And as the weather changes, smoke travels all around. A couple of weeks ago, the Northeast had dangerous levels of air quality. And now the Midwest has been impacted. About 102 million people live in an area with an unhealthy air quality index. But the United States and Canada are not the only ones hurting. NASA has released imagery showing that smoke from Canada has even reached Europe. In times of crisis, it's important to come to the Lord in prayer. Plead for a reprieve from these fires and protection for those most vulnerable to the smoke. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're continuing in a series on this Thursday called In the Footsteps of Paul. The Saul who became Paul saw firsthand the brutal murder of a young Christian named Stephen. The Bible says he approved of this execution, but how did he reach that point? If anyone was a candidate for violence and mercilessly persecuting Christians, surely it wasn't Saul. He was a religious man, devout in his beliefs, serious about his faith. He wanted to keep the law, which included thou shalt not kill. So how did Saul, who became Paul, end up persecuting those who were following Jesus? In a moment, we're going to see how Scripture answers these questions and how all of us need God's grace to keep us from committing judgmental murder in our hearts today. But before we turn to God's Word, Let's hear an excerpt from the documentary called In the Footsteps of Paul as David Suchet explores the man named Saul who would later become Paul. I'm David Suchet and I'm on a journey around the Mediterranean following in the footsteps of a man who 2,000 years ago traveled more than 10,000 miles around the Roman world on foot and many, many more by sea. I'll be seeking out clues in the places he visited, deciphering new evidence from the latest archaeological research, and meeting expert witnesses from around the region to help me uncover this remarkable man hidden within the pages of the New Testament. That's a clip from In the Footsteps of Paul, a two-part documentary that originally aired on the BBC and that we are exclusively offering to you this week on Haven Today. As you watch, it will literally feel like you're on tour with David Suchet, the British actor, as he travels from Jerusalem, through modern Syria, even into Europe. It's like a vacation on DVD, but even more important, 
it will greatly bless you as you watch. So after the program, I invite you to make a fiscal year-end gift, as generous as you can, and we'll send you this DVD as our thanks. And tomorrow is the final day you can help us reach our budget goal by making your tax-deductible gift at haventoday.org. haventoday.org. Or call us at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. And don't forget, we have a challenge match of $100,000, so your gift will go further when you give right now. And now, let's get the program started. Let's open with Shannon Wexelberg. Blessed is the one for the sake of the sun Who stands through the fire and the flood He will receive a reward from the King A crown for a victory won So let's make a choice to stand up and rejoice Be steadfast whatever may Stand and believe that the Lord will complete the wonderful work He's begun. Count it all joy when we face many trials, when we suffer for righteousness' sake. Count it all joy, for like gold in the fire, every test is refining our faith. Count it all joy. Sure, finding strength to endure, keeping his eyes on the king. He is not tossed like the waves of the sea, and strong winds continue to blow.
Shannon Wexelberg and Count It All Joy here on this Haven Today, called In the Footsteps of Paul. Now, as we continue to look at the man named Saul who became Paul, I think it would be important to hear a moment from this documentary with a British actor, a Jewish man who became a follower of Christ, David Suchet, exploring Saul who became Paul in his zealousness to trample out the early Christian faith. Observance of the law was everything to Paul. How dare these Jewish heretics claim that Jesus was the long-awaited Messiah? If so, then a new age had begun and the law was no longer important. In Paul's eyes, they should be wiped from the face of the earth. For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the Church of God and tried to destroy it. I was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. According to the Book of Acts, Paul focused his anger on one of the leading lights of the Jesus movement, a young man called Stephen, who had been successfully convincing Jews like Paul to convert. Stephen was dragged outside the city gates and viciously stoned to death. We're told Paul stood watching, apparently minding the coats of the executioners. In those cases where you hear of people being stoned in Jewish antiquity, I think generally it's, it's a mob action. And why, why stoning? Stoning is a kind of popular thing to do. Anybody can do it. You don't need special equipment. You mean it's all around you, you just you pick you it just up? just pick them up and do that. It's the type of thing mobs can do. It must have been a pretty ugly thing then, to be stoned by mob rule. I'm sure Terrible. that being stoned it was a very ugly thing. It doesn't leave all that much of the no. body when so many stones have been thrown. So being a Pharisee, that would be a, a sort of normal reaction to that? It certainly... To oppose people who are preaching the abrogation of Jewish law would be normal. How far you go with that doesn't yes. take you to stoning is another issue. Paul seemed consumed with hatred for the Jesus movement. That's David Suchet asking some honest questions about the man named Saul who became Paul on the DVD that we have here on Haven Today. Tomorrow, we'll be looking at the conversion of this remarkable Jewish man. But I think it's appropriate to explore Saul a little more today. It was a brutal murder. Call it a lynching. They dragged him out of the city of Jerusalem, treated him to mob violence, and then left him for dead, and he died. Now, they didn't have a noose in a tree. They were using stones. And standing there, overseeing it all, holding that poor man Stephen's coat, Saul, who became Paul. He approved of Stephen's execution. And as we continue in the footsteps of Paul, we need to ask how. How did Saul, who became Paul, get to that point? I don't think he wanted to be known as a violent man or for intolerance, for hating another person. So how did Saul, who became Paul, get that way? Well, Philippians 3, he gave us his credentials. I myself have reasons for such confidence, he tells us. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee. As for righteousness based on the law, faultless. That was Saul 
If anyone was a candidate for violence and mercilessly killing Christians, it was not Saul. He was a religious man, devout in his beliefs, serious in his faith. He was raised to obey the law. And that means he was raised to love his neighbor, a Hebrew of Hebrews. He knew the language. He was educated by the finest rabbis anyone could find in his day. His childhood was spent memorizing the Hebrew scriptures, honing his skills in Greek rhetoric. He just wanted to honor God and obey him. He was not trained in violence. But that's just it. His zeal for the Lord overran his compassion for those he deemed opponents. Saul, who became Paul, was so passionate about defending God, so zealous to obey, that he tried to even kill Christians, because he thought they were leading people astray. In that list of his credentials that I just shared, I actually left one out. As for zeal, persecuting the church. I know you've been there, maybe not to the point of killing, but so zealous to be right that you didn't really care who you hurt to defend it. That's the world we live in right now, wouldn't you say? Everyone online with their strong opinions, and more often than not, they're willing to demonize anyone that disagrees. We know we're right. We don't listen to anyone who says otherwise. It's not just political things either. What Bible should we read? What kind of music should a Christian listen to? What pastors should we learn from? Strong opinions out there. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a strong opinion, but what happens when someone disagrees with you? Too often we're seeing anger and condemnation, ridiculing anyone who doesn't believe what we believe or agree with our views. And I confess I've been angry and have condemned. It is the Saul, not Paul, mindset. It's self-righteous. It's even arrogant, and it turns ugly and can get worse. When we are so convinced that we are right, that we actively attack anyone who disagrees, we're displaying a much deeper issue. We're acting just like Saul, not Paul. Saul wasn't just zealous to kill Christians because they disagreed with him. He wanted to kill Christians because he was convinced he was God's better servant. No one was more committed to the Lord than he was, and he needed to show it by being willing to do anything. And you know what? We do the same thing, wouldn't you say? We can be so zealous to defend the Lord's honor that we're willing to destroy anyone in our path. Isn't it true that we do this sometimes when we are convinced ourselves that God needs us? He needs us to defend him, to defend what we're calling the truth, to crush anyone who opposes it. One of my favorite preachers once said, God doesn't need anyone to defend the Bible any more than anyone needs to defend a tiger. Let the tiger out of its cage, it'll defend itself. The truth of God doesn't actually need us. God graciously finds us, and that should make us humbly dependent on him in all. Well, Saul, who became Paul, was convinced that God needed him. So he approved of Stephen's stoning in Acts 7. Stephen was preaching the gospel. Saul hated that. He hated Christ. He hated Christians. And it wasn't until he met the Lord Jesus Christ personally that everything changed. Listen to his mindset after the Lord saved him. And this time, 
I'd like you to hear it as read by David Suchet. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. That's the British actor David Suchet reading the words of the Apostle Paul from Philippians 3. Thanks to our friends at BibleGateway.com. Did you hear what Paul, not the earlier Saul, said? I'm curious. Is this your mindset? To know Christ? To make him known? To press on in the Christian life? Saul, who became Paul, was self-righteous, so confident in his own achievements and accomplishments. But when he met Jesus, everything changed. He realized that working hard to prove your worth doesn't work. Persecuting others who disagree is not how we honor the Lord. He finally got it. He saw clearly that our goals as believers in the Lord Jesus should be to make him known. Are you struggling in a Saul mindset? Condemning others? Boasting about your own accomplishments? Approving the destruction of your supposed enemies? Let me encourage all of us to turn to the Lord once more. To embrace Jesus Christ, the one who gave up his rights, who didn't insist on his own way. He was the most righteous Yet he refused to destroy those who hated him. He died for us, to save us from our sin, and to bring us new life by way of his resurrection. We need Jesus now, just as much as we ever have. He's our way, our truth, and our life, now and forevermore. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer,
You're listening to Haven Today in a program called In the Footsteps of Paul. And that was Susan Ashton and wonderful, merciful Savior. As I said yesterday, more people are watching TV today than they have in many years. Some say we're in the golden era of streaming shows. But so much of it isn't worth our time as Christians. So that's why I'm so glad that we can offer you a DVD that's hard to find, but will help you redeem the time well. In the footsteps of Paul. It's a documentary originally produced for the BBC. It comes in two parts and is hosted by the British actor David Suchet. And you can only get it from Haven Today here in North America. And as you watch, you'll not only be entertained, but I believe your faith will grow as you better appreciate what the Spirit of the living God did through Paul and is still doing today. And let me remind you, our fiscal year end ends at Friday midnight, and giving has been slower than normal. I realize inflation is up, money is tight, but would you pray about how generous you could be to help us keep sharing the great story of Jesus on your local station, as well as stations around the world. We have this $100,000 challenge match that'll help your gift go further. So please call us right now. Make your tax-deductible gift to Haven today, and then ask for the DVD in the footsteps of Paul. We need to hear from you by midnight tomorrow night. The number you can call, just go to haventoday.org, haventoday.org, or call us right now at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again on Friday, we'll share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. The Lord's grace comes to us in our greatest times of need. His grace is always coming to us. But the book of Hebrews telling us to make haste to come before the throne of grace, especially in times of need. The Lord Jesus is our sympathetic high priest. He knows what we go through and he sees what we suffer. The book of Hebrews is all about Jesus, our great Savior, the one who knows our hearts and patiently leads us. He sits on his throne of grace, and he calls us to join him there. And when we pray, we're entering his presence. Feel needy? Go to Christ at his throne and find the grace you need. Read the Bible daily. Visit GetAnchor.com.